Welcome to a world of exploration, thought, and discussion, sequentially through 156 episodes of Rod Serling's seminal classic, The Twilight Zone. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am Brandon Cruz, your host, with the minimal most i don't know stupid uh today i have i have a a a regular guest uh mr paul gallagher you're the writer editor and you work in the baltimore washington area which is awesome uh bachelor's degree in journalism university of maryland and you study at georgetown Ooh, and you write on so much stuff history public policy film books music and of course and of course the work of Rod Serling. Paul, thank you again for coming on the show, man. Great how, to be here. Always, the, always, a, always a pleasure. How in the heck are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a, I was going to say, it's a, you know, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the weather's like where you are, but it's a beautiful, you know, spring, early summer day here. So no complaints. Uh, we here in Tampa are envious of anybody who's below ninety. <laughs> ah, very good. Yes. Do you get a lot of humidity down there? It's uh, it can be it, it it can get bad up here. Uh, well, so so this this last week, uh, for those listening who care about the weather in Tampa, it's been it hit, it went above a hundred and it has still has high humidity. High humidity. Oh, you're kidding! Wow. Yeah, and here so, I thought it was bad because we actually uh, the the thermometer actually hit ninety. Uh, a few days ago but uh right now it's it's 81 and that's about as high as i ever wanted to go so <laughs> i i speaking of a uh, tampa you're down there in florida like and temperature yeah florida makes me think of i just saw a story and maybe you did too the other day about uh someplace in florida and i and uh, i'm not saying that it's near you but i can't remember exactly where uh some uh, pictures and maybe there was even some footage of, of an alligator that like broke into a woman's home or something oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah my my mom sent me that article oh okay it's, they broke <laughs> into the right. home and then got into like the wine cellar or something I, right i thought wow you know i thought he would go for the uh the ground beef in the in the fridge but you know <laughs> no i went guess for, uh, went for the, the 78 canty yeah right <laughs> that's right i guess uh you know he was a more sophisticated uh alligator you know yeah, it had, yeah, had a top hat and everything right yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah there, there aren't many of them but uh you know they, they deserve some consideration i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i think he was on the, on his way to the met probably he's like oh, no stopping. yeah no maybe he was gonna you know you know maybe he's gonna head to your area maybe take in a, in a raise game you know so they're... oh yeah 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 they're that's, doing that's probably, well that's... aren't they I think I'm a huge baseball guy. Uh, Dodgers hit a home run. I don't know. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> That's right. Well, the Dodgers are having a good season too. So you never know. There could be a Ray. Of course, I'm sure the Yankee fans will disagree with me because they're having a good season. But uh, you know, there could actually be a Rays Dodgers World Series one day. Ooh, it could that, happen. It, it's it's like a it's a crashing of my two worlds. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Okay. Oh yeah. Are you? Yeah. You're from that area, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. I'm from LA originally. So. Oh. Okay. Uh, so you probably follow them a little bit more than you do the local team there. I I get the notifications. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I I'm a. I, well, we know I, Serling I was a baseball fan, so you know. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. Let's not talk about that episode. Uh, um, oh, oh uh, the mighty Casey man. That's my... top ten for me. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Well, uh, on on that on that note, we do uh, we're we're talking about not baseball, obviously today. No, 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 no. no That's no. why I wanted to get the levity out of the way early because it's going to be a serious, yeah. serious story to go over here. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, I so so some of the the more fun things I do on the show now, I'm like, I can't. It can't be fun. It's not really the place to be fun for like the the synopses and and uh, the alternate ending choose your own adventure but but uh, we'll we'll get into that uh we're of course covering today death's head revisited originally aired in 61 november 10th uh stars uh oh man i i'm bad i'm bad with this name because i'm not german i'm spanish but uh joseph schildkraut schildkraut okay as alfred becker uh thank you thank you uh Mm, uh, oscar briggy 
Bregi. Yeah. Right. As, as Gunther Lutz. Lutz. Right. Um, yeah. He pronounces it Lutz in the, in the, in Lutz, the, in yeah. the episode. I'll, I'll just be American. I'll just say Lutz. Yeah, no, that's okay. Just, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Don Medford, who directed five other episodes, including Passage for Trumpet, which I think did, I think you did Passage of Trumpet with me. I did. Yeah. Passage I'm a huge fan Trumpet. of that one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and uh, the Columbo episode, the Mirror, mm. and written by Rod Serling. So, That's right. uh, the one, the only. So, who else? So who Paul, else could tee off on Nazis better than Rod Serling? Who? Who else? Who else? Uh, no probably else. like five people, maybe yeah. five people, <laughs> nameless people. We don't even care right. about them. <laughs> um, so, so Paul, uh, one of the things I did, I do differently, uh, this, this, this season that you are privy to is now I just have a little game called you, me and IMDB synopses. Mm-hmm. And usually I try to do something fun for the synopsis, but I mean, it's, it's about Nazis, yeah, not so, pieces, uh, right. piece of shit Nazis. So, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. so you give a one sentence, I'll give a one sentence and then we'll see what IMDB has to say. Okay. Uh, do I go first or, uh, y- Yes, I would. I would love if you went first. Are you sure? Okay, I don't want to. I forget what the order is, but uh, my one sentence synopsis would be. <laughs> well, uh, um, no, yeah. Or no. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh no, no, you, you, you go ahead. Please, after you, you're my, you're my guest. Oh, okay. I talk all the time. <laughs> uh, no, I think you're right. You are supposed to go first. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Didn't mean to flout the order here, so uh, I would say an unrepentant Nazi learns the hard way that justice delayed is not justice denied. Ooh, an unrepentant Nazi. Repeat that for me one more time. Uh, an unrepentant Nazi learns the hard way that justice delayed is not justice denied. Ooh is not justice denied uh all right that that's that's really that's really good um that's uh, let me let me just tell you that it is so much better than mine which is (laughs) basically written by (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a junior high school student a nazi piece of crap visits the concentration (laughs) camp he ran but the ghosts there have a few words for him it's yours is way yours is way better there's no, I mean, hey, you. <laughs> he is a piece of crap, <laughs> to put it mildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I choose. I save my, my, my bigger words, my big mm. words for people who deserve it, not yes. Nazis. Very true. Uh, uh, IMDb says this: a former German SS captain re- returns to Dachau, Dachau concentration camp and begins reminiscing on the power he enjoyed there until he finds himself on trial by those who died at his hands. Actually, that's a good one. Yeah, that is, that is pretty good. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, as I always say that, uh, you win (laughs) (laughs) of the, of the three. Uh, but, uh, if you are listening and you want to tell me which one you think wins, which, I mean, it's it's Paul's. Uh, you can go ah. to Twitter when, when I put it's this a, up. They have a lot of fans out there, Brandon. I think they might go for yours. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they're like, boo! Somebody else should host the show. Um, all right, Paul. So so that that's the synopsis. Let's let's go ahead and get into the actual to discussion of the episode itself. And right. so with that that in mind, you know, what are what are your initial thoughts? Oh, I I, I mean, I consider this uh, one of uh, Serling's finest efforts um he uh, one of the things that i've always admired about his work is he's somebody who can be um equally adept at a light touch and at a heavy touch and just about anything in between um it's funny because we mentioned passage for trumpet as being another one that the same director did uh, and there's an example of something that has um a very light touch in the sense of being a very sweet tale uh, and yet it's very, very powerful. And the same thing is true here. I mean, this is Serling, kind of like when he does The Obsolete Man and a number of other hard-hitting episodes, like uh, He's Alive, uh, where he is um, just going full-court press uh, 
on this disgusting <laughs> individual, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I consider it one of his finest works. I think he does a does a, a, a fantastic job. I forget exactly where I rate. I one time I did like a top twenty five list. Uh, I don't think I had it in my top ten, uh, but that's of course because I I keep wanting to put all these redemptive episodes up high. <laughs> right. um, uh, but I definitely have it in my top twenty. Uh, so it's so my 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 grade is is very high. Got got it. Yeah. I you, the the whole light touch and heavy touch. Uh, you know the there's there's a lot in the the middle section that is very like hard hard hitting. And yes. um, even the intro when he when he's first uh, talking to the innkeeper and he's that uh, Lutz is very just abrasive to that that innkeeper innkeeper mm-hmm. obviously knowing who if not di- exactly who he is knowing what his association is yes um is is really very ominous uh mm-hmm. as he's kind of like staring out the window right. um and and that you know that that kind of makes me think about those 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 towns and and how they 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 it's a kind of a like a a blight or a mark on their kind of kind of history yes. uh, and then i think the episode kind of touches on that larger as as we go through uh but and it's interesting go ahead, too, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead i'm sorry all i was going to say was just that it's interesting too how early on we get in a relatively mild way but serling tips us off already that he's such a sadist that he insists on making the poor woman say the name of the concentration camp you know i mean you can tell he knows full well where he's at and where the and what the concentration camp's name is and you can tell the woman is ashamed of the the association that she lives so close to this place of infamy and yet he says oh yeah i said the name of the town you know so he's very not only very rude but he's trying to make her say it and she finally says it and then he smiles yes Dachau. and you can tell it's like man you piece of garbage i mean you know where you're at but he had to make her uncomfortable you know which is just obviously part and parcel of his character so yeah yeah the the, the whole uh, taking power and, and abusing it yes um the, abusing the dynamics of, of what he's been given um right. he, he, one of the one of the first things that when he gets up to, when he gets up there uh to deck to the concentration camp and and he's just reminiscing of of all the just the the nasty crap that he's done um the one thing that struck me the most and i and i don't know if this was as striking for those when they watched on the initial broadcast was uh the the hanging uh the 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 three um uh you know three folks being hung there uh at at the at the posts and I, i was like oh man this is kind of that's kind of bold i think for for the time mm-hmm. i don't know if that's accurate do, do you know how you feel oh about you mean that? to actually show hanging yeah, bodies like, yeah they like zoom they they fade in the hanging bodies and then they fade back out as he's you know happy to rep to have nostalgia for hanging victims yeah that's, that's a very good point you're right because this was a time i mean obviously there were a lot of westerns being filmed and so it's not as if there weren't scenes of violence on TV. And yet at the same time, there was very much at the time, you know, there was still just as the movies had the production code, TV had its own code uh, that was very strict. And you're right in the sense that part of it was uh, not sort of uh, lingering on shots of dead bodies, you know, especially somebody who had died in oh, kind of a lurid way, you could say, 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're right. I think that uh, I, I don't specifically recall if that's something that was a problem with the uh, sensors, but it, it would be uh, certainly pushing the envelope at the time. Yeah, because, you know, as you said, with, with Westerns, you, when, when people get hung in Westerns, uh, in in my mind, and yes. this, this may be inaccurate, but when when they got hung in westerns, it was like, oh, it's the bad guy, and yeah, this is this is how he how he ends, and mm-hmm. of course, it's it's good and evil, and evil, right. evil loses. Um, and in that shot, that is a shot of innocence being killed and evil yeah. winning, and right. and so you know the context of that um, that brief scene, I think is, is far different. And maybe that's why it's, it struck me as, as it did. That's a good point. And when you think about it, think about all the hangs that we've seen in old Westerns or, or, or almost any show like that. Uh, and typically think about it. We don't really see the full on shot. What happens is we see somebody standing there, noose around the neck, the trap door or whatever is kicked out. And usually we see the faces of people wincing and then we see like their feet kicking. Or shadows, you're right, a silhouette of it. But we don't actually see somebody who's like in the death throes or dead with a full face shot with the noose around the neck. You're right. That's that's actually a good point. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what 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 else? What else about like those like that initial kind of him exploring the camp uh, jumped out at you? Well, uh, I think that, uh, I'm sure what. Uh, you know, and of course, this was really you know, the, the main point of it. It's interesting to see what jumps out at me, and I think any viewer would be the fact that he's actually uh, remembering these things with pleasure, um, which is really astounding. It's it's interesting because there is a uh, are you familiar with the Night Gallery pilot movie? I, I, it's been a while, but okay. Well, the reason I bring it up is because Serling has a the third of the three stories in the night gallery pilot movie is called escape route. And it's about a Nazi who was on the run. In fact, he's down in South America, you know, which were obviously some of them escaped to after the war. And he is, uh, you know, you see him waking up from nightmares. So you can see that you had, in other words, you can see stories, both fiction and nonfiction, about Nazis or former Nazis, I guess you could say, who, you know, later would have negative remembrances. Here we have Lutz is a character who's walking around the way the rest of us, you know, <laughs> he's walking around a concentration camp where he deliberately tortured countless human beings. And he has a look on his face the way the rest of us would look if we were going back to our home and remembering all the great Christmases we had with mom and dad. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Which which yeah. is uh, horrifying uh, to to think that anybody could possibly uh, you know feel that way. But so yeah, that certainly uh, uh, I feel like it's, it stands out the the most. Uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, him reacting that way. I, I recently finished reading a, one of the most famous books about World War II, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Hmm. And it's remarkable to see how, in the process of doing what he did, that Hitler and the other top Nazis would have to, from time to time, say, you know, you know, you have to, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but essentially they would tell, oh, you, you have to steal your your yourself to do this job you have to you know you know uh, shut down your emotions you know basically and and it, it struck me how basically he was having to tell them your natural compassion at having to treat human beings like this is something that you have to shove down obviously lutz is not somebody who if yeah, he ever yeah. had a compassionate bone in his body it's long gone so <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah, we we don't we don't we don't see him in any way, shape, or form compassionate. No, uh, which yeah, you know, I think in in some film or some movie, some other media, that that type of character might come off as uh, cartoonish or 
right. uh, caricature, right? Yeah. But yeah. E- but yet, but yet, there's something about uh, about Lutz uh, and about Os- how Oscar plays him that doesn't come off as that. It comes off as he he plays it straight enough to that like he god he's just seems he seems like the actual evil that's in people that that's out there still like there that there's there are people like that yeah uh which is i even went back to uh what mark scott sacree wrote uh plans to get at the entry for this and he writes about uh his performance and how and how good it was he wrote uh, he, he presents us with a complex and complete character, assured, cruel, callous, egocentric, but never so broad as to seem outlandish. Yes. And I thought, yeah, he nailed it. That's exactly right. Um, you know, he's he's someone who is very sure, uh, certainly a monster, and yet it's not pushed to the point of, oh, it's like you said, it's not a cartoon. It's not unbelievable. I mean, in a sense, it's unbelievable to think somebody could revel in cruelty, uh, at least to those of us who thankfully uh, do not share, you know, such an odious philosophy. But mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, it's it's very, very believable and chillingly so. So yeah, def- definitely, definitely. Um, so when uh, when uh, when Becker shows up. Yes. Yeah, he shows shows up, uh, and it, it freaks it freaks luck Lutz out. The gate closes by itself, locks by itself. Yes. Um. He they they Lutz immediately jumps out with the the standard Nuremberg defense of being of functioned as I was told, oh, yeah. uh, uh, following orders and and stuff like that. Uh, which you know that's that is the the thing that they teach everybody in the military and the U S military, right. It's like, that's never an excuse. Uh, right. doing as you were told is never an excuse. Um, and I, 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 it's just such a, especially when it's coming from Lutz, right. It's, it's right. such a cowardly, like, no, 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 it's not me. It wasn't my fault. Watch my hands of it. No, ah, yeah. it's everybody else's is mm-hmm. his thing. Um, and do you do you think? I I mean I feel like we know the answer already. But do you right. think that the um, you know the, the 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 folks there, Becker and and the others, Becker is the caretaker. Right. They, that they they he kind of mentions it, but they see right through it. Right. Right. Like you the you aren't doing what you're told you went above and beyond right. for your own personal uh crappy gratification yeah yeah as he says you know because he says i was a soldier and he says you were you were not a soldier you were a sadist um and essentially becker points out the fact that no this was you you have to own this even if you try not to you know you can't put this off and say oh blame my superiors blame the job, blame the mission, whatever it happened to be, you know, you weren't doing this under protest, you know, this is you, you know, this is what you, this is what you're all about. You know, you are this person, um, which, which, you know, is, uh, exactly the, the, you know, the truth really that he wants to run away from. And, uh, and the other thing of course, that's so astounding is this whole attitude that Lutz has, like, please, uh, again, I'm paraphrasing, not quoting, but essentially his attitude seems to be like, uh, oh, this was so long ago. Why are we dwelling on this? You know, almost as if, well, if you'd accused me of doing something bad uh, five minutes after I beat you within an inch of your life, then I could see where you had an argument. But hey, this was 20 years ago. Let bygones be bygones, you know, Yeah. Uh, which again is just an astounding mindset as if there's some statute of limitations on war crimes, you know. Oh, well, it was 20 years ago. Well, then what am I getting so worked up about? You know, it's absurd. It's it's like, ah, it's trying to equate it to, 
yeah, I mean, I know I owed you 30 bucks, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's, here we go. I know it's uh, yeah. 20 years later, but here's, here's four, here's your 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As if it's just like, Oh, it's just like, it's a misunderstanding. Like, how did we ever have this? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you. I like that you mentioned, you know, him, try, you know, kind of running away from the truth, yeah. and yet here he is going back to Dachau. Right. Uh, what, what do you think he? Well, why do you why do you think he comes back first? First of all, and uh, what what do you think he gets out of? Uh, what do you think he would have gotten out of there if the this ghost business hadn't happened? Well, I suppose you know if if one wanted to play armchair psychiatrist, you could say you know <laughs> oh well he has a subconscious desire uh, to to be punished, you know, and that's why he uh, why he why he came back. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and venture that. I suppose there are all kinds of theories uh, that one could say, but he does not strike me as someone who uh is is interested in uh even subconsciously having a desire to uh you know atone uh in any way yeah, voluntary uh, or, atonement yeah. yeah i mean he's not visiting it in a somber way you know he's not going up there like how could i have ever done this uh, uh in which case one could say you know well here is the 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 beginning of atonement of repentance uh, not at all. No, he, he, you could tell yeah, he's longing for the good old days when he could, when he could torture yeah. concentration camp victims. Uh, you know, almost like, gee, what a shame, you know, <laughs> yeah. if only we could get the whole gang back together again, you know, and I mean, he almost talks to Becker initially as if they've gone to a reunion or something like, Hey, yeah. remember the good old days when I was strutting around uh, well fed and warm and and you were dressed in rags and being starved and tortured boy those were the days those you know? were those were the days yeah <laughs> just it was so yeah. fun I, right yeah <laughs> i mean and he's almost like becker almost like yeah like how you been like you know, it's, hey you, you, know. you have you haven't changed yeah. you haven't changed yeah. at all although i can't help but wonder if in spite of the fact that he is plainly being portrayed as a monster it's interesting that serling has him forget until the very end that becker died at his hands which which makes has made me wonder before if he's thinking even someone like this sadistic monster has some things that are so horrible he put it in some him. corner of his mind uh, almost like he he could he could face up to part of it and even revel in it but not to all of it or something it's interesting yeah that he uh, can reminisce about the good old times but he can't remember the fact that wait a minute he doesn't realize becker's a ghost because you know he he, he talks to him initially as if he's the caretaker as if he's a, a, a fellow living human being no. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And being as Becker is the only one that interacts with them directly. Right. The only one who actually speaks. Um, right. There's it's, 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 it's as if they have this, uh, this, they, they have a relationship. Right. Uh, not a positive one, obviously, no. but, but there, there's a relationship there. And whereas right. as kind of what you're leading to, the idea that Lutz found thought that there was some uh, underlying friendship or acquaintanceship between the two of them. Right. Whereas in reality, when, you know, Becker would not have been a friends with him. Like, no. And now they basically meet, although he doesn't know this until the end where Becker is the prosecutor and Lutz is the defendant. But Lutz doesn't realize that, of course, until the very end there. And we even see him basically facing his jury. You yeah. know, there's that, that 
remarkable, startling, and it's in its own way beautiful shot. Uh, Dodd Medford does such a great job directing it, and we see him. He runs away. They're outside. Mm-hmm. He runs away from Becker in a bit of a panic. And, and as he runs toward the camera, his body fills the screen. And then all of a sudden, he's running away from the camera. We see his back, and he's inside the barracks. And he runs into the closed door and falls on the ground, which is a, a really remarkable. It's a startling shot. And then, of course, we see him open his eyes, and he sees the men in the barracks. What I referred to as his jury. Yeah staring at him upside down and he slowly writes himself and we see the camera turn. It's, it's, it's very well done. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, we talk about Becker being the, the lone voice, um, of the, the folks in the camp, uh, early on in the, earlier on in the episode, they talk about the wind, the wind whistling and how there used to be the cries but now even more startling or disturbing to Lutz is that there aren't any. Um, and you know, and then you look back at the scene when the jury is looking at Lutz directly right. and them continuing to hold that silence. Um, yeah. I think that that makes that, that moment more powerful. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, and in a sense, and maybe this does play into the idea that in spite of the fact that he is such a sadist that he has actually come back to relive with pleasure some of these memories of torture, that maybe, maybe there is some small, deeply hidden subconscious part of him that wants to face the music, so to speak, um, comes from the fact that he'll notice what's that sound what's that sound and what does becker say strange that it should disturb you it never bothered you before yeah which could indicate that maybe somehow some part of him that even he doesn't consciously realize after all this time wants to you know be on trial so to speak wants to own up to what he did you know so yeah yeah i I I think it's uh, interesting that uh, Oscar Beregi, he what he he was in Argentina, I think, and he mm-hmm. directed one of like the first anti-Nazi films down there. Right. Um, and and for him to play that role, uh, to dis dislike the Nazis as, as he did create the film down there in Argentina in real life, not, right. not in this, this, this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was important for him to get, to bring that, uh, really flesh this character out and bring that gravitas to the, to the, to the screen. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, go ahead. No, the only thing I was going to say just regarding, regarding the performances Becker, um, just in case it didn't come into what more we were going to say about it, just how I think how effective it is. It's interesting the way he's portrayed it because if you or I or almost anybody else, hey, you're going to write the story. It's going to be about this Nazi who actually comes back. He can't wait to relive the old days of torture. And he meets with one of his victims. I mean, very few people would fail to portray the victim as angry. And isn't it interesting that Becker instead is almost sad yeah Uh, i mean he accuses him but in such a quietly dignified way you know you know i feel like if i had somebody like lutz in front of me i think just about any of us be in his face screaming at this guy yeah but becker is almost sad it's almost like he pities him in a weird way as he goes on of course and quite rightly to accuse him it's just, I don't know, the, the tone of that, the way Serling wrote it and the way Schildkraut depicted it is just really very powerful in its own kind of quiet way. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like when you're dealing with, uh, you know, your, your parents or, or you're dealing with your kids and sometimes j- saying instead of yelling, 
telling them very sternly, very calmly that they've done something bad it makes it right. makes it that <laughs> that much worse to to hear from from them. Yeah, I guess in a way you're right because they sometimes will say we see that in different stories. But your someone will be like, "Oh, look, yell at me, but don't be disappointed." You know that yeah. somehow being disappointed is worse than being mad. You know, <laughs> right? And and obviously Becker is. We are very disappointed in Lutz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, to put it mildly, Lutz re, re, represents a piece of humanity that. Uh, none of us ever hope to get back to right yes. we we right. we want to avoid that and it and that kind of brings up uh, another thought that we have and it goes into the you know the ending narration about keeping places like Dachau up and and Auschwitz and as as kind of a testament to this thing that we need to remember so that we never repeat it yes um in in how do you how do you feel about that that kind of concept do do you do you agree with that or uh do you do you disagree oh or, no or, no but most, most definitely no you know as far as the 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 uh uh you know keeping them up and that they need to remain standing i've always got enthusiastic agreement um i i think it's 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 hard enough and I mean, I understand there's a desire. Uh, nobody wants to dwell on the negative, and obviously, the Nazi crimes are the epitome of negativity. I mean, you know, I mean, we can't imagine anything worse. I mean, this was the absolute nadir of humanity, and so it's understandable that some people would be like, "No, uh, it, it's too painful," and it is. It's it's too horrible. Absolutely. Uh, so therefore we must draw a cover over this, you know, wipe the slate clean, pretend it never happened. No, no. And, and, and of course, because the whole point is that we need, as Serling is saying, these reminders, because it's all too easy for time to go by and for people to forget, you know, yeah. and we even, you know, to this day, we have, uh, Holocaust deniers. Uh, people who just, you know, I don't know whether, you know, sometimes I wonder, I don't know if they really believe it or whether this is just sort of their hate-filled way of saying something that they know will be upsetting to people, you know, like maybe in their heart of hearts, they don't really believe it, but they say it uh, just to be cruel. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, no, I completely agree. No, these, these places need to remain standing and I know that they're painful, but that's really the whole point, you yeah. know, because. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think of stuff here in, in the States, even like the Oklahoma city, uh, bombing 94, nine mm 11. -hmm. And, right. and, you know, we, we build memorials to those, those events. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I lived in Oklahoma city for a time, went to mm. the, the museum and uh, you know, some people are like, how how can why would you want to go do that? Right. Like, well, because you know, I'm like, I want to I want to honor the folks who lost their lives, and right. and I and I I don't want to just kind of sweep it under the rug. Yes. Um. And even I I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, I I can't tell you when, but even my hometown there used to we used to have a japanese concentration camp mm. uh in in my in my town in in, in la and uh, growing up i didn't know that was ever a thing that existed because right. when i grew up it was a it was a golf course mm. um and uh so you know we talk about kind of covering up history and and forgetting about it uh, I, ne I never would have known that was a thing until, you know, my, my grandparents told yes. me that it was a, a, it was a thing. Um, and right. now it's, now it's, it's not a golf course anymore. It's, it's apartment buildings. So, mm -hmm. you know, we continue to move forward and forget about the things that we, even we've done uh, wrong by the world. Yes. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's painful to face up to it. Um, 
And it's understandable, you know, it's not like people have to uh, dwell on these things 24 7, 365. No, I mean, life goes on, sure. but, you know, those reminders should never be uh, far away. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, you need to face it. You know, it's not easy. I've been through the Holocaust Museum in D.C. Uh, three separate times. It's it's not easy to do, but uh, I, you know, I'm I'm very very glad that I went. Uh, not because it was a happy experience, but because it's a necessary experience. Uh, you know, to uh, to to face up to it. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. So. I want to get uh, get away from that a little bit, just a little sure. bit. Just pull it, mm-hmm. pull us, pull us back up. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, what are what are some some of your final thoughts on, on the episode? I think that um, uh, I would add, in addition to what we've already talked about here, that I find it impressive that. Serling, who um, I think most of us, when we think about these crimes and if we were faced with somebody who not only committed them, but did not even have a single solitary ounce of remorse, uh, would be tempted to just do something very violent to that person. Uh, And I think it's interesting that that two things happen. Uh, Number one, it's not just turnabout. It's not like Becker says, all right, you tortured me. Now I'm going to torture you. He is in a sense tortured, but it's by feeling in the, in the aggregate, so to speak, all of the torture that he inflicted on others. It isn't just, I'm torturing your body. You are being tortured in your mind by feeling what all of your victims have felt, you know, how do the bullets feel? How does the, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the whips, uh, all of those tortures, you know, as he experiences all these things. So I, I, I think that that's an interesting way of handling it. You know, I think most of us would respond, you know, you've probably, you've seen the movie Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, you know, most of us would be like the Eli Roth character at the end. Basically all we want to do is just machine gun the hell out of Hitler, you know, uh, until he's just, you know, until we've, you know, unloaded 500,000 rounds into him, you know, but in a sense, Serling does something that's technically less violent and yet well beyond that. Uh, if you just kill somebody, there's that brief satisfaction, yeah. but, but he makes him experience all of that, uh, himself and then doesn't kill him. The knowledge of what he's done turned on himself drives him insane. Yeah. And then beautifully enough, he learns this is only the beginning. You know, this, 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 the, their final judgment will come from God. So, yeah. you know, he, he has, he has to live with the, the pain he's inflicted. Right. So, Which is worse than killing him. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> not, you could not, say, well, I'm going to hit you with cigarette butts and I'm going to starve you and put you out on the coldest day of the year and hang you. And I'm going to do all that stuff. And that's nothing compared to making him feel for essentially eternity. Yeah, what he has inflicted on others. So. It's it, it's it's a great pun. It's a great punishment because for a character who didn't doesn't have empathy, he's he's right. un, he's unable to feel the pain of a, that he that other people feel to then basically be bombarded with empathy, empathy mm-hmm. forced forced on him, yes. and and it's. Because it's nothing is physically happening to him. He's just he. I, I, I've meant this to feel feel deeper than than maybe I'm having it come across, but mm. just just the the theme of empathy and that's we sh- empathy isn't isn't comfortable all the time, and no. it doesn't always make us feel good to have empathy. 
but it's it's necessary so we can we we can be human great <laughs> and not monsters so right yeah very true uh i had uh, oh oh this is the last last thought i had on that uh, sure. Also, um, so I, I mentioned the memorials and, and remembering things who we are. Yeah. Right. He he obviously got out of there scot free the first time around uh, before sure. he came back to the scene of the crime. Which, by the way, in Florida recently, somebody somebody got a, like got away from the cops, like sped away from the cops, mm-hmm. and, they, and they couldn't find him. And then he called nine one one like twenty minutes later and was like, "Ha." cops couldn't catch me and they're like <laughs> then they tracked his cell phone and they caught him uh so so don't go don't do that if you're gonna commit a crime just don't go back or like these guys that remember how many people have been caught because they post videos of themselves on facebook <laughs> the live streaming the crime and i'm just like thank god so many criminals are idiots just don't do it dummies <laughs> just <laughs> i mean don't don't do crimes we're yeah, not, well don't I'm, do crimes we're but, not advocating that yeah no <laughs> but we're wow just, we're just advocating don't be you know like you're stupid if you one if you do crimes two yeah. if you go back to the scene of them <laughs> yes indeed exactly yep. so true uh, but i uh i i i've i've heard of stories where talking about uh ss and, and the nazis Mm-hmm. Doing doing terrible things during the war, and then after the war, coming back, and then getting into positions of power again, but just uh, kind of disavowing their their ties, and oh, and and that 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 sucks, and I I don't like knowing about that type of stuff. Uh, so this episode makes me hopeful that the people who got away and they were hiding behind their their masks and burying their past burning their past as lutz did when he tried right. to to burn a cow when he's left mm-hmm. uh get got his comeuppance yes so f that guy yep. <laughs> f all the guys like very him. true like i said in my synopsis that's justice delayed but not denied that's so. right that's right so so paul last oh two two things one mm-hmm. what do you rate this episode Oh, that's first would, thing. Well, yeah, and then there's, the, there's a, a other than ending, other than ending, <laughs> different ending, an alternate ending. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would I do for an alternate ending? Yeah, I was going to say. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about that as we led into that. And normally, of course, an alternate ending to a lot of Twilight Zones, not all of them, but to a lot of them, or or something that can be kind of lighthearted and a lot of fun. <laughs> and I was thinking as we got into this, one, I was like, I have no idea. What can I do? And I was like, well. We can do one that's a little more uh, serious, but actually would be a you know a, a possible alternate ending. Although I would never posit that's better than the one we get from Serling, uh, and that. that is um, one possibility would be uh, him going and having this experience, and then he you know, uh, almost kind of like wakes up and, and, uh, I, I, I would say, and it would always be kind of like Serling esque. What if he had that runs, runs into Becker, Becker puts him through all this experience, uh, maybe not to the point where he's totally out of his mind, but basically he goes and tells people, maybe even the authorities about seeing Becker up there. And in the process of doing this, you know, hey, there's this crazy guy up there who's who's uh, running around the concentration camp. Uh, they learn who he is, and he is gives him basically gives himself away and is arrested, and and is uh, and is uh, charged and uh, and you know winds up in prison, uh, uh, and maybe even under death sentence, uh, presumably because yeah. of this. Um, you can see why I said Serling's is a better ending, but I was thinking that that, <laughs> yeah. that that's a way you could do it. You could basically do this story, and then in in the process, rather than have him uh, just uh, you know found to be you know a uh, drooling uh, you know in, insensate <laughs> person at the end who gets committed, he could wind up uh, basically uh, gives himself away, and and then meets justice 
you know, here on this side of the, of the, uh, of the grave. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, we're, we're in agreement that, that, that neither of us probably can come up with a better ending than it has currently. Mm -hmm. Um, and to prove that basically what I wrote was, is very, it's basically your idea as well. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Which is, which is just, uh, the only difference is mine's just kind of extension of the ending. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like yours a little bit more, but the mine is just like, he, he is doing that stuff uh, or, or uh, he does, he still gets the, the empathy, uh, uh, judgment, uh, of all the pain, but, uh, the, like the doctor at the very end when he's like, why, how's he going mad? Like, Oh, I recognize this man. Hmm uh right so it gives himself away that way yeah yes yeah exactly exactly right so yeah hey uh, that's lots they've been looking for this guy for years you know yeah yeah right right and after all this was sparked by the real life trial of you know of a of a nazi who had been Mm -hmm. ferreted out in argentina so damn nazis are you aware of that? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, oh, okay, uh, good, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, in in a sense, that that would that would fit, you know. So. Hmm. All right. So, so overall, what do you what would you rate this episode, Paul? Oh, I would give this. If we're giving it letter grades, I would I would give it an A. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm 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 right I'm right there with you. Right there. I I don't think there's. I don't think there's any doubt about what the what score this this episode gets. Yeah, no, it's very strong. So, all right, man. Well, uh, I thank you so much for for talking about the episode. Uh, not not a whole lot of fun to be had when we're talking True. about yeah. uh, genocide and no, uh, no, Nazis. You're right. um, but I I still think it was a really really good discussion, and it was yes. gr- it was good discussing it with you uh, yeah, in in that way. That. Uh, yeah and it and it's good i mean that that's really that's that's really i think what you know is is so admirable about twilight zone that you can have you know um the uh you know that variety of types of stories you know there are some times when it's like you know we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have you know our talky tina or gremlin on the wing yeah you know we're gonna have episodes that are just fun and some are going to be scary and some are going to be serious and this is definitely one of the serious ones. So yes, it is. So, yeah. Well, so uh, let's moving on from this episode. Um, I do want to talk to you about you for just for just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for for those who don't know, Paul, you have you you have the Shadow and Sub- Substance blog. Uh, right. at the night gallery.wordpress.com. and and you also do a fantastic job on Twitter with your gajillion followers uh posting <laughs> twilight zone and uh night gallery uh posts hourly right. basically yeah yeah. Um, yeah it's up to uh twenty eight thousand seven hundred and some now so all right uh, yeah and that's uh over <laughs> it's not been quite in september it'll be nine years since i that was really the first thing that i had twitter page so. it's, it's, it's 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 fantastic um in in you you're you're still going strong right no no sign of letting up no no real no not at all no it's it's funny i uh every now and then you know i'll download my archive uh you know to kind of keep track of you know kind of what i've covered and sort of helps me figure out what i'm going to do and and i was uh surprised to notice i downloaded the last time i downloaded it was at the end of December. And so I just downloaded it yesterday at the end of May. And I was noticing that through the first four months of the year, I was like, wow, I did so many more tweets in each one of those months than I did in January through April of last year. So (laughs) I seem to be getting, uh, you know, for for good or for ill, I'm getting more verbose. So, or, 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 you know, tweeting more frequently, but then again, of course, there's always more people. Yeah, uh, who are coming on, which obviously is a good thing. Yeah. You know, do, so. do 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 you think a lot of the the added volume of your your tweeting has to do with the the new series coming out? Or well, I'm su- sure that, that, that yeah, that that's a good point. You're right. I think that 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 helps. And that was actually one of the things I was saying before it it even debuted. You know, I was saying, well, 
you know, because, you know, some people were really excited about it and some people, uh, you know, were like, oh, no, this is going to be a travesty. And my feeling was, I was like, well, you know, let's give it a chance. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, I even said in a post before it debuted, I said, there's really, as far as I was concerned, there's no downside. If, if it's good, great. Then we've got some, some fun new episodes. If it's not at a minimum, it's going to be creating awareness yeah. uh, of, of Twilight Zone. Now that may sound kind of funny because everybody's probably thinking, what Twilight Zone's so legendary. Who has to create awareness? But you know something? It's very easy for things to kind of gradually fall out of public consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, I think about when, you know, I was a kid, probably you were a kid. I mean, there weren't nearly as many distractions, you know, there weren't a million <laughs> websites and podcasts and, and blogs and Twitter pages. You know, there, there wasn't all this. It was, you know, you want to be entertained. You got like four channels on the TV. And you would stumble across a Twilight Zone rerun. And if you're like a lot of us, you know, you're an instant fan and you loved it for life. But there's a lot less opportunity for that to happen now. And, you know, so my feeling is anything that kind of creates awareness. Uh, there are people who I've talked to on Twitter and elsewhere who have said, you know, I wasn't around when it first aired, which is true for me. Yeah. as well right uh and they'll say you know i i first watched the 80s twilight zone and that got me interested in the whole idea of twilight zone i saw the movie in the 80s yeah. i watched the tv show in the 80s and then i saw reruns of the original so i'm sure that the same thing is happening now there's got to be people who maybe have either never seen the original twilight zone or maybe they've just seen like a couple of like oh they've seen time enough at last they and get the, a couple they, of the real they, famous episodes. they know some references here and there right yeah, yeah. or or I feel there's probably a lot of people out there who their only references simpson spoofs uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, uh but then they kind of discover it through this so I, yeah that probably has accounted for some of the uh, uptick in the volume which is great you know i'm you know, I'm pleased about that. So. Yeah, I, I I read your most recent blog post about uh, doing the black and white for mm. the the new new series as well, which which yeah. I thought was was very spot on. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that yeah, I mean, cool black and white is 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 great. Um, it you know it, it shows that they do care about the fans, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, bringing up George C. Clemens saying, uh, yeah, we could have done it in color, but we wouldn't have remade what the being forced to do it in black and white uh back then had for us right yeah yeah i just wanted you know people that it's kind of funny because everybody now you know is like black and white is the is the, is the only way it's so magical and it is the only thing i was trying to remind people is i'm like it's a very happy accident because it's you know twilight zone stands out now more than it did then because every channel you turn to back when it was first airing would have been black and white shows black and white shows but they really took care to make it look different uh, -huh. uh you know they made decisions about how to shoot it as i said you know with the, that blend of light and shadow right and um you know you just make different decisions you know when you're right. shooting in in color versus black and white you know i mean if you're shooting in black and white you don't have to worry about this color and that color for obvious reasons right so, right you don't have to uh, you don't have to uh try to be uh you know dario argento with suspiria making right yeah emphasizing <laughs> that's red right here and there you know right yeah yeah you don't even have to think about that you know so yeah. it can give it a very kind of impressionistic film noir kind of cool look you know yeah. so uh, they it, would shoot it a, a very different way so yeah i mean it's a uh, uh, my my wife Chelsea, she you know she's asked before like what why is Citizen Kane such you know, why is it such a renowned film like right. well because it's it's in black and white sure but the way it was shot and the things he did were unique oh, yeah. and different for the time. Um, I mean, you could name so many different shots, but like when they're in the screening room there in the beginning, mm -hmm. and you can see the the speaker with his uh with his back to you 
and he's blocking the the light that's coming from the camera so that silhouettes him perfectly but they're also smoking of course which would have been extremely common then so there's this smoky light all around him that's just so incredibly cool looking yeah uh, uh you know so good just, uh, dozens of examples but that one just jumped out when you said that i was like it's just very impressive yep and the in the original in the original twilight zone had a lot of stuff like that a lot oh yeah a lot of unique uh things that weren't on television at the at the time mm-hmm. so right yeah yeah there's just so many different shots uh that were that were done that uh you know i don't think would have been you know, nearly as good. Now you can still do things in color to give something a unique look um, to make it kind of stand out. But you know, there's that one you mentioned Clemens, but there's that other quote in there that I love so much from Burt Granite, who was uh, a producer of part of season four and season five of Twilight Zone, the original. Mm-hmm. And he said. Um, I like black and white. And he says, color is disruptive to the effect, to the, uh, the idea that you're stopping one illusion and creating another. Uh, and I really like that, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is of course, I like the idea that, it, that, that having these different look to the series helps you visually transition to the idea that this isn't regular life. This is the fifth dimension. Yeah. But also, as I say in the post, I don't know if he meant whether he did this intentionally or not, but I love this suggestion that reality itself is an illusion. (laughs) You know, he says, stopping one illusion and creating another. I like that, you know. Yeah. It kind of goes in with, you know, Serling says at the end of the after hours, uh, we were talking about the mannequins and he says, just makes you wonder, doesn't it? How normal are we? Who are the people that we cross, that we pass on the street? And I love that. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> if you've just woken up from a nightmare in the fifth dimension, are you awake now? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's a cool thought. Yeah, so. it's, 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 it's really good. The idea that, that what, what I'm perceiving right now it's not the same reality that you are perceiving. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and movies, television take us into, into uh, get, help us escape from whatever uh, illusion we're living currently. Right. Yep. That's, exactly. That's so cool. Such a cool thought. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Hey, uh, how I, I mentioned the links before we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. your blog. How can folks find you at those places? The best place let's see if you are on Twitter, uh, and, and if you aren't, don't, you know, you can still go and take a look at it. You don't have to join it to take a look <laughs> at the, uh, at the stream. It's a website like any other it's twitter.com slash the night gallery. So if you look for me, the handle actually has the, the in front of it. I tried to do just night gallery when I first set it up and that yeah. was taken, uh, but not by anything that had to do with night gallery, sadly. So not. yeah, on Twitter as at, uh, the night gallery. And then on um, the blog, as you as you already mentioned, is thenightgallery.wordpress.com. And uh, other than that, if I'm if you're on Facebook, I have a page there called uh, Shadow and Substance, and um, the the actual URL for it is facebook.com/slash/of-shadow-and-substance. So, right. any one of those places. Uh, All right. And, uh, and uh you know also shoot me an email at nightgallery at rocketmail.com so it's just nightgallery at rocketmail.com and there you go go. hit you go out there hit them up hit him up directly, ask him a bunch uh-huh. of questions about, there you go. about everything. <laughs> That's uh, be, right. Because, because damn it, Paul, you, you have the answers for most of this stuff. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> you, do, you, you have quite a few yourself, my friend. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reference material. That's what, that's what I, I have Google. There you go. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's good. Uh, so ask right. me a question and I will Google it for you. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm often amazed at that, by the way, sometimes speaking of that, sometimes it's, it's funny people ask things like that they'll just be like you know and you know what movie was this person in or you know who did and they'll ask me these things and i'm happy to tell them but uh, oftentimes i'm thinking 
why didn't you just Google it? <laughs> I mean, the time it took IMDb. you to ask me, you could have found out in five seconds. But I'm like, okay, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to help, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they figure ah, it's just easier to ask Paul, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, if, if, so. if I, if I go to lunch with people and they're like, Hey, uh, what, uh, what movie was Tom Cruise in? I was like, I, you have a phone in front of you too, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. We both have, yeah, we both exactly. have these, these miniature computers to at our disposal. Why, yeah, yeah. why right. am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, buy me some fries and I'll, I'll look it up for you. Yeah, there uh, you go. Right. See, if you get some fries out of it, it's all worth it. So, yeah. So I, right. yeah, I stopped, I stopped complaining cause I've got, just got fries for days, man. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Deal. All right, man. Well, well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I, I appreciate you. Always love having you on. Yeah, it's always such a pleasure. Here. Appreciate the invitation. And that was with my friend, Paul. It was great. Always good having him on the show. And please, I, I say I say it before, I say it again, I say it like 70 times, but you really should go check out his Twitter account and his blog. There's some really good stuff out there. And if you want to get a hold of me, there are a few ways you can do that. I am, of course, on Twitter at S4YAA underscore podcast. Uh, Twitter is, that was that. Uh, Instagram, also S4YAA underscore podcast. Facebook.com slash S4YAA podcast. Email podcast at gmail.com and of course you can get this show others over at our website www.apatheticenthusiasm.com whoa uh, and until next time uh, I'm Brandon Cruz and this is Submitted for Your Approval